In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Three in one who comes so that we might be baptized. And so that the seen and the unseen might be unified. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a philosopher out there. His name is Charles Taylor. He has nothing to do with the guy that sort of invented Liberia. Um, uh, that's a different Charles Taylor, but this Charles Taylor, a Charles Taylor from Canada, is a philosopher, and and basically his entire entire perspective on philosophy is one that, that has to do with questioning how we see reality as a culture today. And he says that how we see reality in our culture today is that we view it in the terms of this thing that he calls the imminent frame. The imminent frame simply is a way of understanding the world where the stuff that really matters is the stuff that you can see or the stuff you can feel or the stuff that you can sense with your body or the things that you can understand with your mind. And basically, his entire argument is that we tend to now sort of discount that which is transcendent. We tend to, in our minds, kind of say, well, the things that are transcendent, the things that are supernatural, the things that are beyond our comprehension, those things, well, maybe they're just not real. We're, we're going to treat them with suspicion, or we're at least going to treat them with some sort of, well, maybe that actually isn't the most important thing. And I found this at work in the craziest of places this week. In the movie Frozen. Now, if you haven't seen Frozen, I'll have to introduce you to some characters. There are two sisters in Frozen. If you're like me and you have a three-year-old, you've seen this movie so many times you you don't know how many times it has been. But for those of you that don't have a three-year-old, there are two characters, two sisters. One is Elsa and the other one is Anna. And, And Elsa is the person that you would think would be the protagonist. You would think that the movie would be about Elsa. Because after all, she sings that amazing song, right? Let it go, let it go, let it go. I didn't sing it, you're right. But she's actually not. The, the, the protagonist is, is not Elsa, which is kind of amazing because Elsa is the one with magical powers. Elsa has the power to turn things into ice. She can, uh, she can manipulate the seasons, especially in terms of ice, and she can make big ice sculptures, and she can cause it to snow, and she can do all sorts of different things with cold. But she's not the protagonist. Instead, the protagonist is her muggle sister. Her sister who has no magical powers whatsoever, but who rather is just kind of a normie. Just somebody who's normal, doesn't have any sort of magical whatever. Well, this sort of fits what Taylor has to say about how we view culture. That this is really kind of the first Disney princess duo where the magical one isn't 
the protagonist. That, that the magic here is not linked with the major character. And so you, you have this sort of sense in, in our culture where we go, well, I'm not sure about those things that are transcendent. I'm not sure about those things that are supernatural. I am just going to stick with the stuff that I can understand. And so we do things like we take science and we religion and we take religion and we pit them against each other because one is obviously transcendent and the other one is obviously imminent. We do things like we actually sort of trade worship and, and uh, we, instead of worshiping a god, we worship sexuality or something else that is much more palpable for us. Charles Taylor would say that this is all because what we tend to do is we tend to separate these things and choose one. And Charles Taylor would say that it's probably just as dangerous to separate the imminent from that which is transcendent and to only believe in the transcendent, to only stake your claim in that which is transcendent. But the way that we do it is that we do it the other way around. That we stake our claim in in the things that we can touch, the things that we can feel, the things that we can know in that way. And it's kind of an interesting thing to think about, especially in terms of what's happening this morning with little Abigail. Because what's happening this morning with little, little Abigail, what's happening in our sacraments is actually a unification of that which is trans... I keep on wanting to say transient. That which is transcendent and that which is imminent. So we have the imminent, which is the water here, or is the wine and the bread at communion. The stuff that we can say, hey, I can touch this, I can feel this, I can taste this. And the thing that we can't, the thing that is there beyond, the thing that is left on little Abigail after her head dries, the thing that is left on your soul after the wine goes down your mouth, after the bread is chewed up by your body. That there's something there. And what Paul tells us in this reading that is a letter to the Corinthians is that there is this dichotomy where you do have that which is seen and that which is unseen. And that in this world that we live in, That what is seen is transient. What is seen is going away. What is seen is not permanent. But what is unseen is permanent. Which is why we opened up today, I think, in terms of the lectionary, why we opened up with that story about our first parents, Adam and Eve. Because what the serpent tries to do with Eve is tries to convince her That there is a separation between that which is seen and that which is unseen. As Eve looks at that fruit and says, hey, it looks good. It looks like it's going to taste good. It looks, in fact, like the snake is telling me that it will give me 
all of the things that I want, all of the things that are palpable, all of the things that I can experience for myself. And he says, don't worry about that curse that that God guy gave you. Those things, those are just supernatural. Those things are just transcendent. What you need to really worry about here is how beautiful this apple looks. And Eve falls for it. And because of that, we live in a world where things are are set apart from one another. But what God has promised, even in that reading, even in that curse where he's cursing the snake, and he's saying, there will be somebody, there will be somebody who comes by, and yes, you will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head, buddy. And he will bring this all back into right relationship. Because there's another thing going on here, isn't there? There's this whole gospel reading about what's going on with Jesus in his hometown. And all of the scribes think that what is happening is that, well, obviously Jesus must be possessed by Satan himself. And there's all of this Satan talk, and, and you, you start to go, maybe if you really, especially if you buy into the imminent frame thing, you start going, well, why are we talking about, about Satan? That's all that spooky, supernatural nonsense. I don't really believe in a Satan. I believe that Satan is maybe a mythological fe- figure that explains how evil I am. But what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, this stuff is real. That Satan is real. That he's not just a mythological creature, but rather that there is something beyond a world that we can see and feel and touch and understand with our normal human faculties. That there is something transcendent. But here's the good news. That Jesus has come in order to unify that which is transcendent with that which is imminent. And that's what he does here in this sacrament. That's what he does here in this sacrament. That what he does is that he brings together those things. Because at the end of this, that we will be brought together in a reality in the resurrection where we are not just transcendent. The good news of Christianity is not just that we go to heaven. But the good news of Christianity is that we get to be transcendent and imminent. We get to be both of those things because that is what Jesus is doing as he brings heaven together with earth. That is our final hope. That we no longer have to live in a world where it's Elsa versus Anna. We get to live in a world where those things are brought together. Where everything that we love about the transcendence of God is combined with everything that we love about the imminence of our experience today. And that that is tied together with what Christ has done for us on the cross. And what Christ has done for us on the cross is offered to that little baby. 
and to each one of us in this combination of the transcendent and the imminent. So now, may you this week, may you live life with a wet head. May you maybe even one day forget about that blow dryer and just walk out with a wet head. And may that remind you of one day that Christ will bring us all together with Abigail in a world that is not transcendent or imminent, but is both. Amen.